right, everybody. Wednesday, October 7th. We're 1-0 on game previews in the morning. I haven't gotten my coffee yet, but that doesn't mean that I'm not ready to roll. It's 7.50. We're here to talk about North Carolina. But first, let's talk about the Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy right in Blacksburg. I know Jeremy's smiling. Jeremy's smiling because we play North Carolina this week. We're ready to handle business. It's a big week. There's a hurricane traveling up the coast. Might be a little rainy. Pack your poncho. Some uh, some rain might be in the forecast. But Jeremy's also smiling because Matt Ryan's Falcons started off 0-4. Not a great look for the Falcons. So uh, we know that he's fired up about that. But we're fired up about the Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy right in Blacksburg takes care of Blacksburg residents. You are more than a number. You are a neighbor. Shout out to the Main Street Pharmacy. Head on over. We have some really cool stuff exclusively available at the Main Street Pharmacy coming up here in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for that. But Pat, we got a big time football game, a top 25 showdown, and you have a haiku for our top 25 showdown. So why don't you get the wheel spinning on that? All right, let's let's start spinning them. Good morning, everyone. Here is the Hokey Haiku. The poncho effect, question mark. Let's win in regulation. Beat Carolina. Here we go. So, Carolina on Saturday, 12 p.m., ABC, 2-0 versus 2-0. Clash of the Titans. Hokey history, Virginia Tech and Carolina all-time series. Hokies have taken 24, uh, the Heels have taken 11, and then they've actually had uh, six ties over, uh, over the years here. But here's an important stat for you that we know OxVT loves putting on the TL for everyone. Tech is 13-3 uh, and three against Carolina since joining the ACC in 2004. Uh, those three losses coming in 2009, 2012, and 2015. But Justin Fuente, undefeated. Sons of undefeated. Son defeated. I don't know if we're – no, that's not good. But <laughs> time machine, memory lane, jump in there right now. Let's talk about Justin Fuente's four wins over the North Carolina Tar Heels. Go back to uh, 2016, his first year. Uh, we got the high-flying, high-powered fighting Trubiskies of Carolina, uh, ranked number 17 in the country. Hokies come in at the edge of the top 25 uh, poll uh, at 25. And we come into Chapel Hill. There's a little hurricane on the horizon, Hurricane Matthew. It's raining cats and dogs. They're like, I don't know. We should cancel the game. Uh, Notre Dame and NC State are playing right down the road. Uh, NC State beats them 9-6 to in a fumble fest. That was the noon game. Our game was the 3.30 game. We tailgated in the parking garage. We had our frog togs. We had our ponchos. And we had our lunch pail defense. But, uh, Mitch Trubisky, 58 total yards that game. 34 to 3 win. Big win for the hoax. Huge and, win. Uh, huge win. And huge win for Justin Fuente. Tar Heel Illustrated, one of their uh, their fan blogs here. You dug it up, huh? You dug, dug it up. up. I dug it up. I tweeted about it last night. He says this was uh, later in that season. Disregarding the hurricane game, 
It's been 708 days since Mitch Trubisky threw an interception. Great. Good, you know, good for you. Um, good for you, Tar Heel Illustrated. We will disregard a football game that was important between two top 25 ranked teams. Um, that's interesting. That's a cherry picked stat if I've ever seen one. That is a cherry picked stat. Uh, but you know, we are going to resurface that tweet every single year before this game. So just prepare for that again next year, Mr. Tar Heel Illustrated. Uh, 2017, a crusher on homecoming. Uh, multiple defensive touchdowns. Reggie Floyd had a little pick six action. Uh, Ricky Walker had a little fumble scoop and score action. Had the uh, the Greg Stroman punt return as well. That is true. Got to shout out. Look, if somebody wrote an article about every single touchdown that was scored that day, um, they'd be writing until three weeks from now. But... Got a shout out, a guest scribe, Mark Reif, uh, wrote an article about the Greg Stroman touchdown. It was fantastic. We wore the orange creamsicle jerseys with the nice little patch. Um, so, but shout out to Mark Reif, guest writer. Um, did a fantastic write up on that. Check it out on the dot com. 2018, Ron Willis goes down two minute drill, a heroic two minute drill in the fourth quarter. Uh, one of them included a, a, a couple nice fourth down plays, I believe, fourth down conversions. Uh, he was scampering down there. He hits Dalton Keene with the screen, uh, rolling to his right, Keene for the win. And you have to credit, uh, was it Rook Ashby or was it Quillen? Who, who got their helmet on the ball on the goal line? To, I, believe, to set up the I, believe Ashby, I believe Ashby got the fumble and Quillen picked it up. I could be uh, misremembering. But I, it's hard to remember because this was peak Ryan Willis, Pat. I mean, this was, in my opinion, the Ryan Willis game. Ryan Willis was absolutely fantastic in this game. And then you got Ryan Willis, peak Ryan Willis sequence the year after that. Take us back to 2019. The six overtime thrilled nation extravaganza. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is one of those games that I will just watch that, uh, that game, whether it's a condensed game, whether it's a full game, it's up on YouTube. That's something that uh, I know Hokey tapes is gone, but you could still find the full game for the tech Carolina game last year, October 19th, 2019. The first and only time that all three sons of Saturday were all together uh, so, you know, the magic happens in Lance Isn't that crazy? we're all there. That is crazy. So crazy. You know, that was a very unique game, and a lot was going on before kickoff uh, that we were, you know, a lot of uncertainty. One of the main storylines was that Reggie Floyd was going to miss the whole first half uh, because I believe he was suspended for uh, a late hit or targeting. Uh, some type yeah, of targeting. Yeah, had a targeting call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had a targeting call in the second half. Um, had to miss the – Missed the entire first half. And um, Caleb Farley was hurt in that game, if you remember. Um, so a little thin at uh, defensive back. And that was in the middle of Sam Howell having his breakout uh, freshman year. Yeah. Hendon Hooker gets hurt. And he has that gruesome banana leg looking thing uh, in the first half. He gets taken out. Ryan Willis comes in, throws a touchdown to Hazleton. Uh, and then after a couple of Willis drives, Quincy comes in and absolutely uh, delivers and uh, he, he built his legacy at Virginia Tech right there. Um, but one of the things that was so great about this game, how good, Bill, how good was the broadcast? I was, when I was watching that game again earlier this week, 
I Googled it and I could not find out who the commentators were. Uh, it was a Fox Sports crew. They were extremely enthusiastic. They were all over the skipper cannon. Every single play uh, sounded like it was a big moment. Um, but wow. I'm going to go to a, a Papa Mitchell classic where you can tell with ESPN, they're pretty inconsistent with this, how they mic the stadium. I mean, we were both there on that October day night. The atmosphere was absolutely unbeatable, absolutely incredible. And the way that they game produced it where there's a big third down or there's a big play or, you know, UNC makes a big play. You can feel, you can hear, you can be a part of the crowd. Um, and again, I watched, I, I watched this, this telecast after, uh, and the job that they did was absolutely impeccable. And we complained about this last week. I mean, the announcers were into the game. They were interested. They were engaged. Um, just a fantastic job by uh, the Fox Sports crew. And what a memory. An absolutely incredible memory that will be ingrained. It's my, it is my favorite broadcast of Virginia Tech football ever. Game aside, the broadcast was fantastic, but also a memory that will be ingrained in my head forever. I know we've been looking forward to this. We're, we have the quote machine because, you know, Pat, Pat and I like to do these impersonations. We have some impersonations from the game. So why don't you go ahead and uh, go ahead and run it, Pat? Some of our favorite quotes from the UNC Virginia Tech six overtime extravaganza. And then I promise we'll talk about the game after this. <laughs> Patterson turns it upfield. Patterson all the way to the house. Quincy Patterson the third for the touchdown. And then you got Pat Finn jumping with the hokey bird on TV. (laughs) Absolutely unbelievable. Um, I just, look, I didn't love this play, but he has a great name. And a touchdown, Bo Corrales. So just just an all-time name out of that UNC wide receiver. Um, Shout out Ryan Hartman. Bo Corrales. (laughs) <laughs> Bo Corrales. And then uh, this was definitely, we were talking about peak Ryan Willis. This was a peak Khalil Ladler. Uh, puts on the brakes. It's Ladler again on the huge stop. Uh, absolutely love to see that. And then we got one more. Patterson to the end zone. Drives his way in. Virginia Tech wins in six overtime. <laughs> and Skipper Cannon went off. Shout out to the Skipper crew. Shout out to everybody. They did the salute and then started doing the, uh, you know, let's get hype because we just beat UNC in six overtimes. And, and people what a forget, win, man. People forget. Stick it in was played. Shout yeah. out. Shout out to game day operations. Uh, Some storylines presented by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Head on down there if you are in the Tidewater area. Dr. John Cranham and his amazing staff, uh, Dr. Caitlin Cranham as well. Uh, They will give you 50% off teeth bleachery if you tell them the sun sent you. So, NC to VT. This is one of the storylines here. Uh, that 2018 class had a lot of North Carolina guys. Uh, there's a lot of North Carolina talent on this Virginia Tech roster. Hendon Hooker, Trey Turner, Dax, Divine Diablo, Brock Hoffman's from Carolina, J.R. Walker's from Carolina, uh, Tizzy is from Greensboro area, uh, Zion DeBose, a lot of contributors here. Um, and the list goes on, I think five or six more throughout the roster from North Carolina. So that is big time. Uh, a lot of impact players here. The reason I say that is because Mac is back is the uh, the mantra that we keep hearing. He's back on the trail, on the recruiting trail. The 2020 
class at North Carolina was ranked number 13 overall, which was good for second in the ACC. The 2021 class is 12th overall in the country, and they were actually ranked a little higher until Tony Grimes, defensive back, a quarterback out of Princess Anne High School out in the Tidewater area, Virginia Beach area. He reclassified to 2020, and he will actually uh, be dressing to play on Saturday. Um, but what Carolina has been doing is they've really uh, done a great job of putting a border around their state and keeping all of the in-state talent in-state. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It's definitely a, a huge game for all of the 2021, 2022, 2023 uh, eyeballs that are going to be on this game uh, across the Mid-Atlantic here. Another storyline that I just you know thought was kind of funny, Justin Fuente emerges from the tunnel both games not wearing a hat. He is 2-0, and not wearing a hat this season. He is wearing a gator. So 2-0 and without the hat, with the gator. That is, uh, we'll see what happens this week if he's coming out with a hat or not. Bill, I know, uh, I know you have an opinion on that. So is, it, is he 2-0 and because of the no hat, or is he 2-0 and because of the gator? I'm hoping it's not because of the gator, because at some time we do want to get back to being able to see the expressions and see fired up food. But for now, but for now, we gotta rock, we got to rock the gator, we got to rock the mask. Um, and I've said this before, Foo's my guy. Hate the white cap, the white cap look. I am not in on the white cap. Uh, he's not a visor guy, so maybe maybe he's hitting his stride with no cap. We'll have to see. But 2-0, he can't argue with the results. So do you want like an orange cap? Do you want a maroon cap? Do you want like a beanie? Like, I'm, a, You know, game day, game day, I always rocked the maroon cap. Um, so I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big supporter and proprietor of the, of the maroon cap. I know the, the, uh, strength and conditioning or the medical staff likes the black cap. Um, so those, that that's kind of their thing. Um, but I, I'm a maroon cap guy. All right. All right. Um, another Justin Fuente stat here four and against, uh, UNC since becoming head coach. We mentioned that earlier. Justin Fuente is 10 and one against the state of North Carolina. Since becoming we also, head coach, we also hold the belt currently for all Carolina schools. We hold the Wake Forest belt, we hold the Duke belt as of last week. We still hold the North Carolina State belt, and we hold the North Carolina belt. And is 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 ECU in North? I don't even know where ECU is. Is that in North Carolina? <laughs> it is in Greenville. Yes. Okay, yeah, and we hold the uh, <laughs> and we hold the ECU belt. So um, sons of belt holdery, um, running out of room for belts, but we uh, we have all the belts. We have all the belts. Justin Fuente is undefeated in the state of North Carolina against ACC opponents since becoming head coach. People are going to come on here and Pat, they're going to be listening. They're going to be like, wait, Bill, Pat, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We're definitely undefeated in the state of North Carolina. If we were undefeated in the state of North Carolina, I'd be bringing that to you with bells on. But fact of the matter is we did drop a game in North Carolina in the Belk Bowl last year. The Belk Bowl is played in the wonderful state of North Carolina. Charlotte, Pat, right down the road. Shout out Josh Parcell. So that was the first loss in the state of North Carolina. But if you want to go regular season, we're undefeated in the state of North Carolina. If you want to go ACC opponents, we're undefeated in the state of North Carolina. North Carolina has been great to the Justin Fuente regime. Okay, so let's talk about this Carolina team. They're 2-0. They beat Syracuse on the 12th of September, and then they didn't get to play for another three weeks. They, it's a long uh, time. Long time. Well, they didn't get to play for another three weeks. In that Syracuse game, 
looked a little sluggish. Didn't really look great until the fourth quarter. Uh, Sam Howell was inaccurate in the first half. Um, but, you know, first game, pregame jitters, COVID-19, you know, not much practicing. That happened across the board in college football. So we'll give them the benefit of the doubt from the first game. The second game, they don't get to play until three weeks after they beat Boston College this past weekend. Billy, I know you watched a condensed game. What did you see from, uh, from North Carolina? We're going to break down the offense and we're going to break down the defense uh, here coming up in a few minutes. Uh, I guess what really stood out as a whole is just the talent that they have and the amount of guys that are making plays for North Carolina where you're like, oh, yeah, that guy from last year. Oh, yeah, that guy from last year. Very similar to what we have going on uh, over at Virginia Tech. So, um, and another guy that just pops off the screen who we'll talk about with the defense, Chad Surratt. That guy is just a complete football player and just absolutely fantastic. So um, let's kind of dive into the nuts and bolts here. Uh, Pat, why don't you go ahead and kick us off with what you saw from uh, North Carolina's offense? Sam Howell is their quarterback. He is a true sophomore, was a one-time Florida State commit, flipped to North Carolina, and uh, played the entire year last year. He played very well against Virginia Tech last year. 26 of 49, 348 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions in last year's game. Um, And then overall, his clip on this year, Sam Howell, after two games, 39 of 60, 520 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. Sophomore slump? I'm definitely going to push back on the sophomore slump thing. As far as I'm concerned, Sam Howell is the second best quarterback in the ACC right now. Um, I think some things have really attributed uh, to this. I think a large, uh, large thing to look at was the offensive line. They've had several breakdowns just in the Boston College game that I was watching. Uh, A lot of four-on-five breakdowns where they're not even bringing pressure. A lot of seven-on-five where they're not bringing where they're uh, with it. We start that over. I think several things have have kind of led to this misconception that he's uh, having a down year. First and foremost, you only play two games in 21 days. You're not really able to get yourself in a rhythm. You're playing two teams that really didn't let you get on the field. Syracuse throws the ball a lot. Boston College threw the ball like 50 or 60 times. Um, And they're probably not showing as much, honestly. Their offensive line play has not been great. The offensive line is giving up pressure when when the defense is only rushing four. Um, They've had several breakdowns. I look at that as a huge area of opportunity. Um, And uh, his completion percentage is actually higher than it is last year. Um, What kind of, you know, what's leading you to believe that he's having a sophomore slump? I have this stat that I'm a little bit hung up on that I saw from PFF College. Sam Howell has yet to complete a pass 20 plus yards downfield this season. He is zero of 10 on passes downfield, which actually is very interesting to consider considering our, our our DBs are pretty thin right now. Um, They also went pretty run heavy in the BC game. He threw 26 passes. Carolina ran it 39 times. I know a lot of those runs were Sam Howell runs, but uh, that, that's kind of just a stat that I have been hung up on a little bit here. Yeah, and another one, another one. he has thrown three interceptions, but if you go back and you look at the interceptions, one of them was not great. He was trying to go down the field. The other two were tipped balls, one of which should have been caught by a North Carolina wide receiver. Um, but I, I think there another some other things that really have attributed to this are 
kind of the lack of the usage of Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom was the down in the field threat for North Carolina last year. He's only been targeted six times total this entire year with three receptions. Um, so I definitely look at him to be someone that they do target here coming up. Again, the offensive line has been an issue for North Carolina. Um, so, you know, that's something that I would attribute it to. And also the lack of touchdowns, um, you know, Running backs have four touchdowns so far this year. They've been, uh, again, they've been running the ball a ton. I really look for the offensive, for the, uh, excuse me, for the playbook to be open up here this week. Something that I think you need, that we all need to know about Sam Howell that gets kind of over, overlooked very often. First and foremost, he's a very tough kid. Um, you know, he was sacked, I believe he was sacked 36 times last year. Yeah, 36 times he was sacked last year in his freshman campaign, was still able to put up the numbers that he was able to put up. But it does a great job extending plays. If you go back and you want to watch a game, go ahead and watch the Boston College game. Boston College uh, pinned their ear, ear back a ton and really tried to get after the quarterback. And his ability to extend the play, his ability to get out of the pocket, uh, he had several plays where the play was broken down and nobody was open. He'd rush 10, 15 yards, get the first down. Um, you know, you'd have a free hitter. He'd make the guy miss, run up to the line of scrimmage, make a pass. He had a great dart. Uh, I believe it was to Michael Carter for a touchdown over the middle. Um, but a lot of people kind of say, oh, yeah, Sam Howell, he's a pocket quarterback. He's a perfect NFL fit. Sam Howell has the ability to be multifaceted. And I'm not going to call him a dual threat, but he definitely is able to make an impact in the run game. Yeah, I, I think um, I think we have seen Sam Howell play at his best last year. And I think that rhythm that you had spoken about earlier is def- has definitely made an impact on, on his game and just the overall flow of the offense as well. Um, an add-on for that, too, is, is um, for all the things that we have had with missing the first two games, we've been extraordinarily, luck- extraordinarily lucky to play two games in two weeks. A lot of these teams where they're having layovers, uh, where you play a game, then you wait three weeks, and you don't play a game. I mean, as you mentioned, they had that Charlotte game canceled. Um, so they're playing their third game in like four or five weeks. Um, so again, it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, I can only go from the, you know, the games that I've watched from North Carolina. Um, but, uh, you know, that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Phil Longo is their offensive coordinator. He's been there for two years. Bill, he's a Jersey guy. He actually coached at Par Hills in the late nineties, which does not have very good athletics programs. I wonder how they were (laughs) under his leadership as head coach from I think 96 to 99, I saw on the old Wikipedia page, uh, he was at Ole Miss for two years. He joined Mac's staff in 2019. I think he kind of has the Buzz Williams look. Um, Coach Stacy Searles will also be gracing the sidelines at Carolina as their, as their offensive line coach. But uh, I was reading an article about Phil Longo and uh, trying to figure out what is going to work with this offense establishing this rhythm um it seems like a lot of their plays have been uh, in the underneath game rather than in the long ball and uh, their offense is looking to identify patience have you know long drives that turn up the clock uh, and, and identifying what is going to be able to work for them um but i guess we'll see um who's their back that uh that you love i know he crushed us last year Michael Carter is absolutely fantastic. He's a downhill runner, um, and he's a physical, physical back. Uh, against Boston College, he had 16 carries for 121 yards, was an impact player in that football game. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for Michael Carter. Um, 
getting a ton of feeds. Another player that's broken out, we mentioned that Daz Newsom isn't getting targeted as much. Again, I think that's going to change here coming up. But that's the Diami Brown. Diami Brown has 10 receptions for 154 yards. Uh, again, it's taking a lot of reps away from Daz Newsom. Um, but he is a player to definitely keep an eye out for. And um, another another all-time, all-ACC name, we have Divine Diablo. Who does UNC have? Bo Corrales. <laughs> this Bo Corrales guy, I mean, he had a great game against us last year. Uh, five receptions, 48 yards, touchdown uh, as their tight end. Bo Corrales is another uh, another threat. And then uh, but kind of want to dig into uh, – a little bit of a quote-unquote matchup. They're not going to be matching up on the field. Billy mentioned Daz Newsom last year, nine receptions, 112 yards, two touchdowns in that six-overtime game. Daz Newsom, Hampton High School, VA to NC. Don't love that at all. His brother Dion played at Virginia Tech. Trey Turner, NC to VT. Five receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown last year, including that iconic Hendon Hooker pump fake down the left sideline to Trey Turner touchdown in the first half uh, of that game. So we got two guys crossing state lines to go play for the enemy and uh, both impact players on the offense who have not been targeted as much uh, as fans may like to see just because these are, these are fan favorites. So I'd love to see Trey Turner get involved a little more. I know Carolina fans are looking to see Daz Newsom get involved a little more as well. Now, on to the defense. One of the storylines going into the season at Carolina was that a couple of their defensive backs, a few of their defensive backs, have opted out of the season because of COVID-19, one of them being former Virginia Tech uh, cornerback Bryce Watts. If you remember Bryce Watts, he played in the Florida State game, chased down uh, Cam Akers on that long run, and we eventually uh, forced a fumble and got the ball back. Um, so Bryce Watts is out. Javon Terry is out. DJ Ford is also out. All three of these defensive backs on Carolina. DJ Ford, impact player last year, had 12 tackles. Uh, there were four guys with double-digit tackles in that game last year. Two of them are not going to be present. Uh, at Keaton Stadium, but the other two are the core of the linebacker room at Carolina. Chaz Surratt. Savage. Extremely talented. Extremely Mm -hmm. talented. Former quarterback. Was it a quarterback in that 2017 game where we shellacked the heels at Lane on homecoming? So Chaz had 17 tackles in that game last year. Rook Ashby also had 17 tackles. Fun fact. Sons of linebackers. And then Jeremiah, Jeremiah Gamel. Uh, one of the uh, impact players on their defense as well, Um, 11 tackles. Uh, So we'll see what happens on this defense. I know um, they have an incredible rush defense. Billy Ray, talk to me about it. Their defense against the rushing game is fantastic. And again, I love this because this is <clears throat> this is a bend but don't break. Or no, not bend but don't break. Who's gonna who's gonna let go of the rope type of game? Um, because there are just so many things that they do well that we also do well, or that they have defended well that we do well on offense and vice versa. So their rushing game, they have only given up 108 yards all season in two games. Uh, again, granted, Boston College threw the ball a ton when they played. Um, but again, they do do a great job of stuff in the run. Aside from that, their defensive backs, this is one thing that really stood out to me. 
their defensive backs do two things that I don't love. They don't like to tackle um, at all. If you go ahead and you go back and you watch the Boston College game, they have no interest in participating in the run game. And they have a ton of penalties. North Carolina this season has been penalized 19 times through two games. Uh, and we have talked about how well Virginia Tech has looked and how polished they have looked. North Carolina cannot say the same at this point. So um, definitely something to look out for. North Carolina has an underrated defense. They have an undisciplined secondary and a secondary that does not like to make uh, to make tackles. With the way Khalil Herbert has been playing and with the way that I think Trey Turner will be utilized along with Raheem Blackshear, we're going to have a lot of pop plays with guys running op- around in the backfield. And I don't think North Carolina is going to have a lot of interest in making tackles. Moving on right along here, taking us home, we're going to give you the keys to the game. But before we do that, we have to announce this segment is brought to you by The Hub in Blacksburg. The Hub is the official student housing option for the Sons of Saturday. They do a fantastic job. Brand new, beautiful facility. Uh, Grayson was talking about their pool looks like Warsham Field if it were liquefied. Uh, Super long. (laughs) uh, Looks super long. Um, option for you uh, over there in Blacksburg. It does open in 2021. Their gym, oh, t- their gym. They got tires in there. They got, uh, you know, the rowing machine. Coach Hilgart might be going over there on the weekends and knocking out some workouts. Who knows? Um, but definitely check them out. Shout out to Kathleen, Kathleen Finn and Sarah Hearn. Kathleen embracing her inner entrepreneurality, uh, taking after Pat Finn here. Um, but doing a great job. Two brand ambassadors that have been repping the hub. They gave them a whole bunch of stuff, some hand sanitizer, some glasses, some nice tumblers. Everybody likes tumblers. Throw some ice in the cup. Um, so we're really excited about that. Go see Kathleen and Sarah. Wear your mask, and they will hook you up with some hub apparel. Huboncampus.com slash Blacksburg. Check them out for your housing needs in 2019. We're going to give you the keys to the game. They're going to give you the keys to your brand new apartment. So check them out. (laughs) Check them out. Um, But here we go. Keys to the game. Pat, what do you got for keys to the game? Okay. Um, Elephants in the room. I'm going to say elephants because it's been multiple the last two weekends. Who is going to be available for Virginia Tech? NC State, we're missing 23 guys. Duke, missing 21 guys. I see a trend. I see that number going down. Maybe it'll be, you know, 19. Maybe it'll be 12. We'll see as long as that number is lower. Defensive backs availability is going to be key in this game. I think if we have them, uh, we should be a lot more confident than if we don't. Just because, you know, if we only DBs have one, are important. If we only have one DB from our two deep starting on Saturday, we're going to be in some serious trouble. Uh, we could see, we could foresee a game very similar to the Duke game, high scoring affair, high powered offenses, no defensive backs that are, uh, you know, supposed to be your starters. That sounds like a, a quarterback's dream. I think uh, speaking of quarterbacks, quarterback play is going to be uh, very much important in this game. Sam Howell is leaps and bounds better than who we've seen so far in Chase Bryce and Bailey Hockman the last two weeks. Um, so that's going to be really important. Speaking of quarterback play, I think the Virginia Tech starting quarterback room or uh, quarterback room 
is definitely going to be interesting this weekend. Are we going to see multiple quarterbacks? Is Hendon Hooker going to start? Is Braxton Burmeister going to start? Will we see Quincy flaked in here and there and making some plays like he did last year? That's also going to be a key to the game. Who is going to line up uh, you know, on that first drive? And then the vice squad. We talked about the UNC strong rush defense. The vice squad is going to have to open up some holes for this Virginia Tech rushing attack. Khalil Herbert is ready to go. So, uh, you know, that's definitely one of the keys to the game as well. Billy, what you got? Pat, you're like one of the you're like one of the janitors walking around with the key to every door. You got a you got a bunch of keys to the game, but quality and quantity. I got to tell you, good stuff there. You hit the nail on the head. For me, it's really simple. Um, we got to continue to dominate this, uh, the special teams game. We've done a great job making plays in special teams. Keep an eye. I know I keep saying it. Daz Newsom has made his impact on the game in the special teams corner. Uh, he has uh, is averaging 13 punt return yards per return. Brian Johnson has been cash in the bank all year long, um, literally all year long, almost dating back to a year. Uh, so shout out to Brian Johnson. Um, but to me, what I'll be looking for is gap discipline. We talked about how the running backs do a great job of getting yards after contact. We talked about how Sam Howell is able to break down defenses and make plays and extend plays and also relentless pursuit of the ball carrier. We have done a fantastic job. I said it last week, my word of the, of the game was swarm because we have swarmed to the ball carrier. One tackler misses the tackle and other guys, another guy's cleaning it up. You got four or five, six uh, Virginia tech defensive play defensive players making tackles on plays. I need to see that. I need to see it. We need to wrap up the, the, we need to wrap up on defense, get Sam Howell off the field, let Virginia Tech run the ball. Like I said, weatherman or weather lady has been talking about it. Might little might be a little inclement, inclement weather. Might see some puddles. Puddles rhymes with ruggles. I tried to hook you up with some sort of rhyme for the beginning. We didn't go with it. That's okay. Uh, you're the haiku guy. You handle business. But look, relentless pursuit to the ball, gap discipline. Those are the two things. Keep contain. I know that I mentioned contain as something last week that I wanted to see us do a little bit better. But look for those two things on the defense. And then what would we like to see? This might be something that we haven't seen yet. Billy, I know you got a couple here. What, what do you want to see on Saturday? Yeah, uh, we talked about it last week. Um, you called it the training wheels. I called it, um, you know, just kind of keeping your playbook close to the chest here. Uh, I think there's a lot that these two teams can do from a creativity standpoint and from guys stepping up and making plays, um, just putting them in positions to do things that we haven't ran yet. Um, you know, Trey Turner, I think will be, will be utilized a lot more Raheem Blackshear. Who's been a complete, who's a complete Swiss army knife who coach Fuente has been raving about. I'm really looking forward to seeing him making some plays here. Um, and then I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching the, what's going on in the trenches this week. We have a really good matchup. We have a great, a really good defensive line, some fantastic defensive ends who have been able to get pressure on the quarterback. UNC, I think there's an area of opportunity. Their pass protection has not been fantastic again. That's the one thing that really stuck out to me against Boston College. I think there's an opportunity there. And, you know, we think we got a great offensive line. I've been watching our offensive line steamroll people. The vice squad has been the real deal. But North Carolina has a really stout rush defense as well. Something's going to break. Something's going to happen here. So that's what I'll be watching. I'll be watching that offensive line, defensive line matchup, and I'm looking for that playbook to open on up here. If it's wet and slippery, something that's going to be very important, 
win the turnover battle. I would like to see us win the turnover battle. Shout out Will Stewart with a great nugget from the Saturday football game. He says, the last time the Hokies had three turnovers in an ACC win, referring to the Duke game, was way back in 2014 when they turned it over three times against UVA and won 24-20. This is the first time a Justin Fuente coach team has won an ACC game with three turnovers. Winning the turnover battle is going to be very important, especially in a game uh, with with high-powered offenses like these that we have uh, squaring off on Saturday. And then I want to see Shamari Connor put some Carolina wide receivers on their bum. Uh, Shamari Connor, I, I believe he was playing with a nagging injury last year in that game. Uh, and some of those wide receivers definitely got the best of him uh, throughout. So I want to see Shamari Connor come out and lay the wood. And I know he's been uh, he's been looking forward to this one as well. But uh, we will have score prediction predictions here, and then some shout outs, and uh, we'll wrap things up. Score predictions brought to you by Sharkies. We're averaging forty one and a half points per game. That is good for tenth in the country. Uh, so we are going to put up some points, Billy. I'm excited to see what we can do. I predict 31-24 Virginia Tech in a win this weekend. Again, going to depend on who's available, but uh, I see a defensive touchdown somewhere in the mix. If it's going to be a little wet and wild, a little slippery, Amari Barno with a little defensive touchdown, uh, putting the Hokies defense on the board for the first time this year. Uh, So that should be exciting. It's my hot take of the week. Tell me what you think. I'm changing mine. Mine originally was 27-24. I had a dream last night that we actually lost 32-31. That's not my prediction either. I'm going to go with a lower scoring game. I think that we're going to I think that it's going to rain. I think that Brian Johnson's going to be important. I think we're going to see a lot of running the ball. Another thing to watch for that I forgot to mention is time of possession. I think time of possession is going to be a a, a key statistic to this game coming up here. I'm going to go with 20 to 17 Virginia Tech Brian Johnson with two big time field goals Um, I actually think points are going to be harder to come by could be completely wrong but that's what I'm going to go with 20 to 14 2014 great year graduated high school that year Um, but uh, we'll go uh, we'll go 2014 time for some shout outs Shout out, shout out, shout outs. Shout out to you guys. Absolutely fantastic. I uh, really appreciate the listenership um, and the just replying and interactions on Twitter for, uh, for a little fan engagement here. We do have another uh, announcement for you. Laser Edge is supplying a giveaway weekly. We do the wake up, reply with a gif on how we're feeling. Well, guess what? We're adding score predictions to that. Score, closest score prediction is going to get a shipment of these absolutely fantastic Virginia Tech-themed coasters. You can't see them. I don't know why I'm holding them up. Pat, you can see them. Um, these Virginia Tech coasters, uh, you get the closest score prediction. We will be sending you these coasters. Uh, check them out, though, over at laseredge.com, laser with a Z. Um, so, yeah, shout out to you guys. And, um, yeah, Pat, who else, uh, who else are we shouting out here? want to give a quick shout out to John Yetzi uh, at Virginia Tech. And then just a, a thought that I had. I've been seeing a lot of parents or, you know, folks, folks out there on, in, on the internet. Contact tracing is, is a big buzzword of COVID-19. 
but I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of folks refer to it as contract tra- uh, tracing. Contract tracing is not a thing. It kind of reminds me of Chipotle and Chipotle and Chipotle, you know, just, just a classic mix up. Um, but I just wanted to say that it's called contact tracing, not contract tracing. And hopefully we don't have any more issues with contract tracing uh, for this weekend. Be better. Be better. Focus. Pronunciation matters. I do want to end the podcast a um, little bit more of a somber note. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Alexander Nuogu, a 23-year-old cum laude graduate from Virginia Tech, uh, did lose his life this weekend uh, in Northwest D.C. I uh, wanted to extend um, our thoughts and prayers to the Nuogu family. An absolutely horrible story um, coming out of D.C. Thoughts and prayers are with them. Uh, Be safe out there. Wear a mask. Handle your business. And looking forward to some great football here on Saturday.